The following program was produced by Community Producer. The content, views, and opinions expressed are the sole responsibility of the Community Producer and do not reflect Malden Access Television, the City of Malden, or your cable provider. MATV welcomes your comments. Call us at 781-321-6400 or email us at access at matv.org. And welcome to 02148. I'm your guest host this evening, Ed Lucy. And I have as my guest Anita McGrory, who is a, affiliated with Belltones, which has an office here in Saugus. Mm -hmm. And um, just for a disclaimer to start the show, it was just a uh, coincidence we both were in pink. <laughs> It must be that time of the year with the summer. That's right. But her turn. We want to show off our tans. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to say your tans far better than mine. But anyway, tell us a little bit about Belltone. Maybe we can start off. Yes, absolutely. So Belltone has uh, been around for uh, over eighty years. We are a hearing aid company, and we're located all over the country. Um, I've actually been with Belltone for over ten years now, working as an audiologist. I provide hearing uh, exams, and I dispense hearing aids for Belltone. And just put, uh, how did you get into the interest in hearing? So it, that's a very interesting question because people always say, how did you ever get into this? So I went to the University of Rhode Island and I studied electrical engineering my first semester because my father always wanted a girl to follow in his footsteps. And he chose me to do that. So I, I went into electrical engineering and hated it. So my father said, you cannot go back to school unless you have a major. So I found audiology, which is very science-related, but it also um, deals with people. And I, I'm a very people person, so I thought this is something that I might love. And lo and behold, I loved it. I studied communication disorders in my undergrad program. And then I stayed on and got my master's degree in audiology. From the same college? Yes, I you stayed did. at URI and got my master's degree there back in the late 80s. Yeah. So three decades ago. Uh, are you from the Rhode Island area? Yourself? I'm not. I grew up in Winchester. Oh, well, so well. I grew up in Winchester, but I went to URI, and I loved it so much. I loved the beach and loved living down there, so I stayed on and got my master's down there. Okay. And then I moved home. And I moved back. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I saw something recently where I thought it said in, there were 5 million people who have some degree of hearing impairment. I would have think there'd be more than It's that. actually 48 million. Yeah, I was going to say In that's the United a, States, it's yeah. the third most chronic condition after hypertension and arthritis. Can you believe that? So 48 million Americans have a hearing loss that need assistance, need hearing aids. So it's staggering how many people, and it's growing. Uh, I'll take that. I'll retract that. I think maybe the five million I was reading was about sleep, ap sleep apnea. Maybe that was <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hearing's a little bit different, but yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. So, uh, 48 million. And it's growing. Every yeah. year I'm fitting younger and younger people with hearing aids because this world is a noisier place. People are living longer, so we have more people that have hearing loss. Well, except that I think with young people, and, and, and I can extend the conversation, um, I remember several years ago, I don't know why it sticks in my mind, I was walking down the street and I thought someone was talking to himself. And I thought he was, oh, I said, well, he didn't take his medication that morning. But as I got closer, he had he had wires in his ears. Of course. And he was listening to music. Yes. And if you can hear that music, it's too loud. Yeah. And I, and I thought after that, I said, wow, this, that to me, if you did that long enough, and, and uh, never right. mind going to those heavy metal concerts. You're but, right. Uh, so the demographics of the age that we used to start hearing aids was at 80 years old. So that was the average age that we would um, start people in, in hearing aids. Now it's 60. It's getting younger and younger. So this new generation coming up, we'll be fitting them at age 40. I'm actually starting to fit a lot of 50-year-olds and 40-year-olds because of uh, noise-induced hearing loss uh, because of their jobs. 
I've been doing a lot, and I think I may have mentioned this to you, I've been doing a lot of outreach programs at firehouses because we have found a staggering amount of, of firefighters that have hearing loss due to their job. Yeah, and, you, and in fact, you, you have some program that that you do with them, uh, testing them. And, uh, yeah, so I go to the fire stations in the area, and I provide free hearing screenings right at the, at the uh, fire station. So we do them right on site, and we'll do them four consecutive days so that we hit each group of guys that are at the station because they have a rotating schedule, and we provide the free hearing screenings for them right on site. And then if they need a full evaluation because they don't pass the screening, then we provide that for him them too. And we have have found a great number of guys in these stations have hearing loss. And now, now with more women becoming firefighters, you also find that's true with the women? Yes. I mean, I have only come across a few women that I've tested. they're probably younger. Yeah, they are. I mean, they were probably in their 30s and 40s that I've tested uh, at the firehouses. However, they they passed, I have to say. The ones that I've tested have passed, but there are a lot of, of the guys that did not pass. And uh, unfortunately, some of the a lot of these guys have second jobs that entail them uh, entail exposure to noise, like landscaping or construction. Um, so those kinds of environments are always going to... Oh, bartenders. <laughs> or bartenders. <laughs> so they're always going to um, put them into those noise environments that can cause more hearing loss. Yeah. And what is, what are, uh, you're not, you're not, now you're down to 60-year-old people, what kind of symptoms would make them or should make them aware of what's So supposed? that's a great question. So some of the symptoms of hearing loss include uh, you, you feel like everybody mumbles these days. Uh, that's one complaint that I hear quite a bit. These kids these days, they all mumble. Well, that's, it's most likely, it could be due to a hearing loss. Um, you have ringing in your ears called tinnitus or tinnitus. That can be coupled with a hearing loss. Any of these symptoms that, that you feel that you, you know, you're struggling in noise. Let's say you go to a restaurant, have a hard time hearing in noise. That's when you say, hmm, I've got to get checked just to make sure. Everybody should have their hearing checked after the age of 35. We check our blood, we check our vision. We have all these tests, but for some reason, the ears are forgotten. Um, not being able to hear conversation when you're on the phone. That's another issue that some people with a hearing loss may find that they have. So there are many symptoms for uh, that, can, that could lead to or mean that you have a hearing loss. So if you're questioning yourself, have a test. It's extremely important to be tested because the earlier you address a hearing loss, the more success you're going to have with hearing aids. The longer you wait, the harder it's going to be to work with those hearing aids. We had a conversation before you came on the show on another day, and, and, and you mentioned that uh, neglecting or not being aware of your limitations in hearing there are other side effects that are more serious than even the hearing loss in itself. You're correct. So there are many side effects that people don't realize that are connected with a hearing loss. So people that have a hearing loss and they actually don't wear hearing aids are 50% more likely to have falls and end up in the hospital. They are also 50% more likely to come down with Alzheimer's and dementia down the road. So what happens is there's a disconnect between the auditory system and the brain. And the longer that disconnect goes on, the brain kind of goes to sleep. It's not being stimulated properly for those speech sounds. So then the brain can't comprehend. And then it can lead to memory issues. And then the Alzheimer's and dementia can come down the road. So I try to um, impress on people that once you have a, a hearing loss, you need to address it as quickly as possible because wearing hearing aids can deter that. It will actually preserve your hearing and keep you where you're at longer. Now, uh, you mentioned firefighters. Uh, how about military personnel? Yeah, so we have a, I have lots of veterans that are um, – they have a, a noise-induced hearing loss, and they wear hearing aids. Absolutely. And they've had extreme exposure to noise, and so that then leads to this um, hearing loss, which is induced by noise. And then th that kind of hearing loss can then lead to the Alzheimer's and dementia. And a high-frequency noise-induced hearing loss is a loss in those higher-frequency sounds. And so you're missing certain sounds, like the F and the S. T, H, T, and K, all those consonants give words their meaning. And the longer you go without that meaning, the quicker our brain starts to shut down. And that's what I'm finding with a lot of my veterans, that they waited so long to get hearing aids, and then we're at that point where, okay, hearing aids can help, 
but I know I have a lot of counseling to do to um, help them do better. Because some people, hearing aids cannot help. They've waited too long. So the only thing they can do is possibly get a cochlear implant. And that's a surgical procedure. Right. Now, uh, with the veterans, um, if, if it were deemed to be uh, attributed to their service in, in the military, I would assume they would be eligible for hearing aids. Yes, through the, but, through but there's the a, VA. But there's an appeal process or a hearing There process. is. Yeah. I mean, they have to have it proven that they, it happened during their time serving. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a definite process. It's quite a long wait period, too. I've had a lot of my patients try to go through the VA, and it takes six months to a year, and then they have to get an appointment. It takes six months to a year to get into Jamaica Plain for that service. So I've had a lot of complaints from a lot of my patients, and they end up just coming to see me because they say, that's just, I don't want to go to the VA. But then there's some people that go to the VA, and they get their hearing aids through the VA, and they're covered because it it happened during service. Now, the firefighters, would that possibly be, if it were connected to the job, would they be able to have the city or the town? So insurance? some of these guys we have found um, through the town, they have a full benefit. Well, so This um, is towns and not cities? Correct. Well, this is uh, the ones that we have come upon, like Saugus, um, they have the full benefit for hearing aids, which, so they were lucky that any of these gentlemen that, uh, failed the, the screening and failed their hearing evaluation, they were eligible to get hearing aids covered at um, no cost to them. So specific sa- towns have this benefit, not all. I would think not, yeah. Yeah. I, I, it goes town by town. It varies insurance by insurance. So truly we check every person's insurance to see if they have any sort of benefit. Yeah. Is it possible that with a, someone like a, a firefighter, that if you did an evaluation and it was deemed that his hearing was severely impaired, that he might not be able to continue in his job? Well, uh, I have not yet found that, that they're so impaired that they can't um, do their job. Because like I mentioned about the noise, the high-frequency noise-induced hearing loss, typically these guys, their hearing in the lower-frequency tones is normal. And then it drops off at the higher-frequency range. So they can converse. They can hear. It's more of their understandability in noise. That's where they have their most challenges because their hearing in those lower frequencies is normal. And they're they're missing those high frequency tones to discern, hey, that's the number 50, not 60. I actually had a firefighter in my office today, and he said to me, sometimes, and it's women's voices that are more challenging for these guys because higher frequencies. He said, sometimes there's a woman disp- uh, woman dispatching and she'll say 60, some, you know, some sort of street. And he says, if she didn't repeat it, say 6060, six, he said he would miss the address. He said, thankfully, they repeat it several times and then they, you know, give the digits so yeah. that they can get that repeated. I mean, because I've been in a lot of firehouses in the area and boy, are they noisy. Let me tell you, the sirens going off, the, even just the um, dispatch coming over the, their radios, super loud. They're not arguing among themselves because no. they live together. <laughs> about, their, about their dinners, <laughs> what they're going to make for dinners, too. So that's pretty funny. <laughs> now, you, you said there were 43 million in People 48 million 48 Americans, million. Well, yes. Now, how many would those be maybe uh, directed at birth or would show up as a young age? So the bulk of those are probably going to be more age-related. So what can cause a hearing loss? Well, we have the aging process. Unfortunately, as we age, our hearing is impaired. Um, another thing that can cause hearing loss is genetics. So if your parents had a hearing loss, you're most likely going to have a hearing loss yourself. Another thing that can cause hearing loss is viruses, certain uh, medications, injury. So head trauma can cause hearing loss, but the most common, and noise exposure. So the most two most common things that cause hearing loss, aging process and noise exposure. And so this is why it's more men than women that have a hearing loss, because men are typically in those noisier work environments than women. And so they end up having more of the hearing losses. I was talking on a couple um, not too long ago, and I was in an environment where it was a bit noisy, and it turns out the husband had the surgery that you just referred to. The cochlear implant. But, I mean, to me, as as I was talking to both of them, and if I directed any comments to him, it was like he didn't hear anything I said. And then his wife said, well, it takes time for the operation to 
Yes, they don't turn it on right away. Okay. So a cochlear implant, they typically will only implant one side yeah. um, and because they sever all your hearing completely in that ear. So you have to be at that point where a hearing aid cannot help you. And I do have some patients like that. I've actually referred a few to, uh, we have a connection with um, BMC, Boston Medical Center, um, with the cochlear group. And um, so if you cannot benefit from a hearing aid, so we will recommend a cochlear implant. So what they do is they do the surgical procedure to bypass the cochlea. The ear is made up of three parts, the outer ear, middle ear, and inner ear. And the inner ear is the cochlea, where all those nerve cilia or hair fibers are, and that is what is our hearing organ. And when we have either noise exposure or the aging process, those nerve fibers are damaged. So I always tell people it's almost like playing the piano with only five keys. So you're missing so many keys that you can't play the tune. And that's what happens with the cochlea. So many of those nerve fibers can get damaged, so the cochlea is pretty much useless. And that's where a cochlear implant will come into play. And when they do this surgery, they don't turn it on right away. They let the person get acclimated, oh. and then they will turn it on you know, down the road. They have to do a lot of exercises, too, on the computer to kind of train the brain. There's a lot of training going on with the cochlear implant because you have to retrain the brain to hear these speech sounds that it hasn't heard in so long. It's almost like learning a new language. My nephew had a daughter. Uh, was, she was very, very young, and uh, as it turned out, they um, were aware there was a problem only because they'd gone to a parade, and part of the parade included uh, Minutemen who shot off muskets, mm -hmm. and everybody was startled at that moment, it seemed, in the crowd, except his daughter didn't react at all, and then when they pursued uh, medical care uh, and, and, and exams and so forth, it was determined she was deaf. And the, um, and I think I mentioned to you yes. one time that the the local f uh, hospital didn't recommend the surgery because they didn't think it would work mm. and would be helpful to right. her. And it ended up they they went on to New York. They did have the surgery there, and it did not help. She's mm. she she's a grad. She just graduated college in uh, Washington, which is a um, school a college for for deaf. Uh, right. And, and you mentioned I think you, she signs, correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. No, mm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, her, her folks took sign and. Uh, but as I mentioned, in her situation, sometimes in the social environment, without people of a similar situation, it makes it difficult for her to kind of mel in, and 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 you can understand how that they could gravitate towards each other because they're right. able to communicate. So even somebody with a hearing impairment, they can feel isolated. You know, I have. There are so many things that that hearing loss can make people feel, and some of them are frustrated. Some of these things are frustration, isolation depression. I mean, I deal with all of this with my patients. I do a lot of counseling with my patients because everybody uh, accepts their hearing loss in different ways. And when people feel isolated, what they do is they don't want to do anything social anymore. They don't go out. They don't um, do all the things they love to do because they feel like, I can't hear what's going on, so I'm just going to sit home. I'm not going to go out to that restaurant because I know I can't hear there. So I'm not going to do all these things that I love to do. I see this every day with so many of my patients. They no longer do the things they loved because they can't hear. And so it's so important to address this when you first start noticing all those symptoms that we talked about, you know, you feel like you can't hear in that noisy environment or people mumble or you can't hear on the phone. All these things are, could be symptoms to a hearing loss. It's important to have your hearing tested and then address it as soon as possible because it'll bring you back to all the things that you love to do. You mentioned it sometimes it's inherited. Uh, yes. Uh, um, I recall um, my mother, when she got older, she used to have a ringing in her ears. Mm -hmm. And her, her uh, mechanism, other than the hearing, which weren't that effective, is, uh, was that um, she turned the radio on. For some way, that was a distraction for the ringing. Yes. Uh, yeah. So th a, lot of, uh, a lot of my patients have a tinnitus coupled with their hearing loss because when you remember the cochlea is damaged so those nerve fibers are damaged and that damage causes can cause some of that ringing that people hear and most likely it's due to some noise exposure they've had in their life and when they have this ringing it can really drive people crazy so um, they will do anything to try to 
eliminate that ringing. Unfortunately, there's no cure for tinnitus. Hearing aids can actually help mask tinnitus, but do, people do listen to even like a static on the radio sometimes when they're going to sleep. If the tinnitus is bad enough, they can listen to like tinnitus calmers. They'll listen to like kind of ocean noises when they're sleeping or like a static noise, white noise to help dissipate the tinnitus like your your mom did um you know hearing aids back when your mom had hearing aids they were just gross amplifiers and today hearing aids are so frequency specific so we hone in on those frequencies that you're missing or that are are impaired and that will help you to hear and understand all the sounds that you're missing and hearing aids today are more like a smart hearing it's almost like a smartphone but a smart hearing aid and that alludes me to how hearing aids can now work with smartphones. And you can adjust your hearing aid. The hearing aids are right here. You can actually adjust your hearing aid uh, with your smartphone. You can adjust not only volume, but you can adjust the sound quality, which helps to hear so much better when you're in noise. Because noise is probably the biggest nemesis for people with a hearing loss. Noise and speech come together and it just meshes and it's hard for hearing impaired to kind of separate the two so that they can understand somebody talking to them while all this noise is in the background. So hearing aids today can help with that. 20 years ago, we really couldn't do that. So they've come a long way. I've watched over 30 years, I've watched hearing aids change drastically. Now you, you mentioned you, uh, you've been involved professionally for a long time. 30 years. Um, <laughs> Percentage, well, I mean, 40, 48 million people, that's about uh, 15%, well, close to 15% of the population. Was it that high? No. When Not, I first started, no, yeah. no, no. And the average person, back in the, you know, 30 years ago, the average person I fitted was probably 80. Seriously, it was 80. And now I'm fitting so much younger. And uh, people are, you know, the baby boomers came of age. So, and the baby boomers are wanting to hear things and wanting to address the problem immediately. Whereas some of the older population said, oh, you know what, I'm fine. I don't need to do anything about this. And then unfortunately what can happen is, you know, it can lead to the Alzheimer's and dementia, like I mentioned. So we're noticing people are not waiting. It was typically people from the day of diagnosis to the day of delivery of hearing aids, it was usually seven years. Seven years was like the magic number. Now people are doing it much sooner. We also have options for people today to purchase hearing aids. We lease hearing aids now. So we didn't have that even five years ago. So the ability to get hearing aids that are the best technology out there, you don't have to dole out all that money to purchase them. You can actually pay a monthly payment and lease them like a car. Really? Yes. I know. Isn't that great? Well, it's so you know, smart. Uh, um, I, w <laughs> I was thinking that um, uh, I'm a member of the Lions, and yes. one of the things that we do is we collect eyeglasses and recycle them out of the country uh, and whatever. And um, that uh, oftentimes you get them from people who uh, uh, have died. You know, mm -hmm. family says, I have a guy. So they, they would come in and donate them. Uh, but I remember when my, when my mother passed on, I had a, a hearing aid here, and I made some calls that were no good to anybody else. Right. Well, the only good was the batteries. Right. <laughs> well, if they were a custom fit hearing aid that fitted all in her ear, typically those uh, cannot be fitted into somebody else's ear. However, Belltone does a, um, a, a, a program every January. We go down to Panama or Nicaragua, and we fit... Uh, underprivileged people with hearing aids. So they grind the custom fit hearing aids down or they fit them with the behind the ear hearing aid, anything that has been donated. So we've we've had umpteen hearing aids donated. I have had many people donate hearing aids really? to me yeah. from people passing along. I've also had people give them to somebody in their will and um, I've refitted those hearing aids to that person. So the behind the ear hearing aid can be left in your will to somebody else. So my my sister has already hosied my mother's hearing aid. <laughs> <laughs> well, can you have one and you have her and she have the other one? <laughs> I, I won't want her. I will want the newer technology <laughs> by the time I need hearing aids. <laughs> you, you brought some equipment here. I did. So I just wanted to bring the hearing aids just to kind of show today what they're like. So this is a rechargeable case. 
So I don't know if you've seen this, Ed. So it's oh. great. So you put your hearing aids in the charger while you're sleeping. There's no battery door on the hearing aid anymore. You just put them in the charger, and it'll charge the hearing aids while you sleep. And it, it gives you 30 hours of wear time. This case is also portable so that you can charge them away from home without your cord. So you could charge them up to five nights. So let's say you're going away for a nice long weekend. You don't have to bring your electricity or cord with you, and you just take this with you, and it'll charge the hearing aids while you sleep. And unlike me, who has batteries, you end up, they run out. That's right. And yeah. that's the problem because they only last maybe five days. Right. And you're in the middle of something super important, and that's when your battery goes. That's Murphy's Law, you know. So that's what always happens. So I also have here a caption call phone. So this is a phone that is issued free by the federal government. Uh, it is funded by one of our taxes on our phone bill. And uh, you just have to be diagnosed with a hearing loss, and you have to have the Internet in your home. So it goes through the Internet line. And the phone is all captioned so that you can listen to the phone conversation, but you can also read it. You need to figure out how to get your messages because the messages is the greatest part, I think. You can leave messages. If somebody leaves you a phone number on that message, you don't have to listen to that message over and over to get those numbers because that's the hardest part is hearing all those numbers. It's all written in front of you. There's also a great speaker phone and a volume control on this, so you can turn this up uh, as needed. So this phone is excellent. And it's government-sponsored. Yes, it's free. The phone is free. The service is free. costs nothing. And just to caution people, if they have, if they plan need this or get get it or, or currently have it, one of the one of the distinct uh, issues you mentioned about the fire department and, and the dispatch part. If people don't speak clearly into the phone, the, the, right? The, the, uh, so you know, captioning on TV too isn't perfect either. Yeah. So you always kind of say, "Oh, what is?" This? You have to kind of decipher some of the message right. because the um, incorrect typing or what have you that happens, you right. know. Yeah. But you're right; you have to speak nice and clearly into the phone, and then you'll get the message clearly on your screen. Mm -hmm. But this is definitely a, a great aid for a lot of my patients. Yeah. Um, do they still do hearing tests in schools? They do. They just do a screening for the kids. So um, they're just trying to see if anybody does not pass. It's I used to do the screenings for these kids. that was kids. a big deal years, remember yes, years ago. Yes, yeah. yes. And so I used to provide screenings at some of the schools. And so you usually do it in a group setting. So you have like maybe four or five kids, and they all have to close their eyes and raise their hand. Well, you always see this peeking and, and cheating and whatnot. But, yeah, so we still do the screenings in the schools. And, um, you know, and, and we need to continually promote hearing and hearing health and hearing conservation because these like you had mentioned about the the kids listening to the music these kids that this generation that's coming up we're going to be fitting I'm going to be fitting them at much younger ages because of all the uh, direct exposure to noise right mm -hmm. in their ear canals and they're blasting that music I'm going to be fitting them at age 30. Now, now one other way it seems to me was uh Sometimes kids would get uh, hearing problems if they had scarlet fever or something. Yes. Yeah. So certain viruses can cause, in the mumps, um, certain viruses c can cause hearing loss. So scarlet fever and the mumps back in the, you know, in the 60s and 70s could, could cause hearing loss. And, uh, but now, today, you don't see that as much. Um, however, there's been an influx that I've noticed of sudden hearing loss. And this is you wake up and you ha have lost hearing in one ear and it is due to a virus that your body was fighting and some people if you get to the ENT early enough and have injections of steroids right into the eardrum you can salvage your hearing but for some other people that is not the case and so you're left with uh, a loss of hearing it ha actually happened to me and I was able to get my hearing back and it happened to my brother but he was not able to get his hearing back and what do you know what caused the hearing? It, it's a it's some sort of virus oh, in your I body, see. I and see. it just attacked the cochlea. Oh, I see. And um, so there's no quite understanding why it happens, but it seems to happen quite often that I have seen just of recent that people will wake up and they say, "Oh my gosh, I've lost the hearing in this ear." Mm. Um, you know, there's other a variety of other problems that can happen that can cause a temporary hearing loss. You know, when we fly in a plane and the pre depressurization of the plane and, and if you can't pressurize your middle ear, because remember I said the ear is made of three components, the outer ear, middle ear, and inner ear. The inner ear is where the cochlea is located, but the middle ear is connected to our throat and our nose. And when we fly, what we're doing is we're trying to ventilate the middle ear to alleviate that pressure because it's building up with that 
eardrum and it can cause severe pain if you don't pressurize correctly. So you can land and then you could have a temporary hearing loss because your ears didn't pressurize properly. And that has happened, that actually happened to me when I was 16. Um, but it happened to somebody that was just in my office today. She just flew home from Alaska and it happened, but it eventually went away. Um, and that, but it's not a very long time, is it? Right. No, it's not. Yeah. So, but the more common hearing loss is the sensory neural hearing loss that I've been talking about is the damage in the cochlea. The nerves have been damaged, um, whether it's genetics, aging, or the noise, and uh, it causes permanent damage. And there's no getting that back. Like the only thing you can do is wear the hearing aids. Now, the the um, the the people that um, uh, have let's say your patients is there yes. a profile that would fit them there's a certain ethnic group or, or, or other kind of grouping that determines that well they're more likely to have hearing issues than than other men people. <laughs> men more than women i definitely have more male patients than women absolutely 100 percent. i probably have 80 percent more men definitely um and it's just because like i had mentioned you know the the male my male patients the occupations yeah may have had more of that noise exposure in their life at some point in their life whether they were a veteran or they worked in construction i have a lot of mass labor union guys so they all worked in construction of some sort welding or uh, masonry or you know working with tool power tools and back then osha wasn't involved so they didn't wear ear protection so I always promote wearing ear protection when anybody's doing anything with noise. Mm -hmm. Even mowing your lawn. I tell every I tell the firefighter that was in my house in my office today. I said, when you mow your lawn, wear your ear protection. I don't care how long it is, just wear earplugs. Throw them in. Just put them in your ears. You know what surprises me? Um, uh, um, and, and it would be more noticeable this time of year that um, landscapers. Uh, and also, I, I was happened to uh, be out doing an errand today, and one of the housing projects in Malden, uh, uh, they were they had cut the grass, and they mm -hmm. had those blowers that. Yes. Uh, and the and particularly this is true with with landscapers. Oftentimes, they're dealing with noise constantly on yes. on, on lawn mowers and other right. types of equipment. They don't do anything with their ears. I would almost think that they'd be required by OSHA or right. someone to. They should be. Yeah. They should be, um, because they need to be protecting their hearing. Because yeah. that all that noise that they the blowers are so loud. Yes. They're yeah. going to all be wearing hearing aids when they're fifty or sixty. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some, some certain places OSHA gets involved and provides earplugs and, um, you know, and, and companies enforce it. But if it's a small-time landscaper, OSHA won't get involved with that, unfortunately. Oh, oh I see they do, but not on the right. mama-papa so, deal. Exactly, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. So, you know, I always try to promote hearing health, hearing conservation, because once it's gone, it's gone for good. And uh, you need to wear your ear protection to protect. I mean, I even have hairdressers. Just all the hair dryers can cause hearing loss, yeah. permanent hearing loss, you know. Mm -hmm. So just wear ear protection as much as you can. And then get your hearing tested. Hearing test doesn't hurt, does it, Ed? Doesn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> no, just my pride. <laughs> my self-esteem. Put your self-esteem aside and uh, that's address why it. That's why I wear pink. <laughs> <laughs> it looks good on you, Ed. Yeah, not as good as you. <laughs> so a hearing test really involves, you know, we go through history. We go through your hearing history. We, I have a video otoscope that I can look in your ear canals to make sure there's no wax. And then you're tested with tones and speech. Speech is the most important test for me because that lets me know what's going on up here. And then uh, you test drive the hearing aids and go from there. And then, you know what? You have your lifetime service, which is really important to come back and see me, to have your hearing aids cleaned, to get your hearing retested, adjust the hearing aids as needed, because that is such an important piece to the puzzle. People forget about that, or they don't, they, they, when they're looking to get hearing aids, they don't think about the long term. And that's such an important piece to always, always look for. Make sure you're getting that lifetime service service it's important and th that you had me on that kind of a, um, a statement because um i was going to ask you you see these statements uh, not excuse me not statements but you see these ad ads whether they're on tv or in the newspapers and it 
they make it seem that like you can get a set of hearing aids for a minimal amount of money, yeah. and and um, they're, they're like magic wands. Yeah. And I say to myself, well, it can't be. It doesn't make any sense. I tell all my patients, don't waste your money because buying something online or buying something through the mail for hearing aids is uh, a waste of money. First off, I always have to have the person with me when I'm fitting somebody with a hearing aid. It has to be calibrated with your ear. I need your ear. I don't know if you remember me doing this, but I calibrate your ear with my computer so that you don't get feedback. So I had a gentleman. He thought, oh, I'll save some money. I'll buy them online. And he came, from Costco. He, yeah, and he <laughs> bought them online, and he came to me, and they were squealing like heck. And he was like, can you fix this? I said, listen, I, unfortunately, I don't have the software for those hearing aids. I need the, you know, I have the software for my hearing aids. I can't do anything to help you. I said, return them and then come back and see me. And that's what he did because they have to be calibrated. I need that hearing aid in your ear when I'm making adjustments. I need you to listen to it because I would never want you leaving me having them too loud. Never, never. And, you know, these people who buy them through the mail, they send them back to have them adjusted. And then they sent back, you know, then they put them on and say, oh, that sounds terrible. You need to be in that office with me sitting there while I make my adjustments and talk to you. I put on noise. I have a surround sound speaker system in my office so I can simulate restaurants and whatnot so that we can make sure that things sound good for you in, with the hearing aids. So that's a, such an important piece. And I tell people all the time, be very leery of anything you see on the TV. Or, you know, people always clip things out of the magazines or bring them to me. What do you think of this? And I'll stay away. Stay away. Well, the other thing I, you know, the, uh, the, the, the there's more and more big brothers got their eye on you, or they're yes. watching you, or they're listening to you. But it's a, it's amazing because um, uh, someone I know has uh, sleep apnea, and he went to his physician, and he and they ended up telling him how long he's been sleeping the night. He goes on a computer. I went to your office, and you. <laughs> <laughs> And, you're right, and Ed. I, I, I know where you're going with this. Yeah, I, I, I was astounded to think that I'm, I'm, I think I'm all by myself. And there's, there's well, people. you know what? For me, that's really important. So what Ed is alluding to is that I can tell how long the person has been wearing their hearing aids, how many hours a day. When I hook them up to my computer, it tells me what he, what kind of listening environments you're in and how many hours a day you're wearing the hearing aids. So I always get these people say, oh, yeah, I wear them all the time. And then I hook them up and it says zero hours. And I know you're lying. It's <laughs> so it's, a good, it's good for me to, to count for counseling. You right, know, I right. have to counsel people to wear your hearing aids. I, I, I could, if I could have a penny for every time I say that, it's amazing, but yeah. it's so true. Mm. It's so true because it is the best thing that you can do for your brain as you age. Mm. Now, the, the, the um, in your office, would would the primary source of people coming to you be referrals, or will they come in on their own? That's a great question. So I have uh, a wide range of how people come to see me. So I do have quite a, a few, many referrals. So I get referrals from somebody, and we have a great referral program. So if somebody's referred to me and they end up buying hearing aids, the person that referred them gets $200. So who doesn't like $200? Um, and then I get people from mailers. So my, my company will send out a marketing piece or what have you. I just hosted a lunch and learn yesterday at Jimmy's. Um, and so that got, you know, we, I had 23 people there. I did a whole hearing health seminar. And so that allowed me to introduce myself to 23 new people that I haven't met. I go out into the community, like I mentioned to you, go into the firehouses. I also do um, assisted livings. I go to senior centers, nursing homes. I do all these facilities because the, a lot of these people will need me. And so I go out and promote hearing and hearing health. I do hearing screenings at, at the site, um, whatever they need. I, I, I've done hearing aid servicing at, at facilities where I come in and anybody come in that has hearing aids, they come to me and I clean them up for them. Um, so I do a lot of different things to promote the business and continually get a, a patient base because we're always trying to get more and more patients because, you know, that, that's how we continue the business. And that Jimmy's is Steakhouse in, in Saugus. Yes. No, 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 not Jimmy's Pier 4. No, no. <laughs> Which Jimmy's, I don't even think is there Jimmy's anymore. Steerhouse, no. no Jimmy's Steerhouse, no. Jimmy's Steerhouse in Saugus, right yeah. on Route 1. Yeah. But, yeah, so it was a great it was a great event yesterday. So uh, Yeah. <laughs> Do you find out the people that come, when they show up that they, for the most part, have a problem, that's why they're there? 
The majority of people, yes. They do. So, I, I mean, sometimes I have people that they just want to have a check, and their hearing is fine. And I'll tell them, hey, congratulations. You're doing a great job. Keep up with the good work. At least we have a baseline, because I think it's important to have that baseline, because God forbid something happens down the road, you have proof of what your hearing was on such and such date. I actually have one of my patients that he worked for GE, and he was exposed to all this noise throughout his career at GE. He had audiograms posted for 20 years. I have every single one of his audiograms and we watched his hearing deteriorate over that 20 years time. So he was able to prove that it actually happened at GE and he and he actually had them pay for the hearing aids. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. He took him to court and he won and cuz we had Well, they didn't do it willingly. No, no, he had to take him to court. <laughs> but you know what? It, it I mean, we had proof. We had all these audiograms so it, it you know, for him it 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 worked out. Yeah. Uh, the uh, one of the things that sometimes happen, young people find out they're hearing impaired. Um, is that more traumatic for them than sometimes older people kind of accept it because they're aging anyway? So it's funny that you bring this up because I have I have this young gentleman. He was fitted when he was fifteen. He is now going off to college, and he came to see me today. And when he was first fitted, when he was 15, I really wanted to spend a lot of time with him because, I I mean, I just didn't want his friend, anybody making fun of him. And he was so excited because he could control them with his phone. He was so excited about that. And he could actually take his phone calls to his hearing aids. He was thrilled because he felt like he had something really special, and it was kind of nice. So I've seen this, you know, this this gentleman now over three years, and he's heading off to college, and he's all excited because he has the hearing aids, and he's going to do really well at college because he has this ability to help himself do better when he's in the bigger classrooms of college. So, but he was really accepting of it and kind of excited that he could actually use his iPhone. I had to write a letter to his teachers to allow him to use his iPhone in class. So I think he really liked that, you know. Um, so, you know, the younger generation is more accepting of disabilities, I have to say, than let's say my generation. Um, they have that whole understanding disabilities thing at schools now. And so I think kids are just more accepting of it. It's not. Oh, as you do a, think so? Yes, I do. Interesting, because they because the, now they have so much uh, topics about bullying and that sort of well, thing. Well, yeah, I know. I mean, but you know what? We had bullying back when I was in school. It was just called something else, you know. Um, but I think that kids are definitely more accepting of disabilities today than they were back in my day, anyway. Um, so I haven't found anybody, you know, I do have this young girl, she's in college now, but she was uh, probably a sophomore in high school when she was fitted. She was self-conscious, beautiful girl, and she was very self-conscious about the hearing aids, but you really couldn't even see them on her at all, because she had beautiful long hair, and, um, now she wears them proudly every day, you know, she's in college, and she wears them every day, and she's, she's accepted them, because she knows they're part of her life, and they're going to be the part part of her life, the rest of her life. And dancing, I think, is possible and done well by deaf people because it's the floor vibrations, vibrations that they that, feel. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> I remember reading that somewhere. What <laughs> That's a good tidbit. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> gee, before if you if you, if you didn't dance, well, you said, well, I kind of hear the music. <laughs> no, let's right. see, well, you can still dance okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now, um, let's talk a little bit. Your office is located in Saugus. Yes, we're right on Route 1 in Saugus, across, yeah. right, right across from Jimmy's Steerhouse. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I'm in a plaza that is kind of vacant right now. It's just me and Jenny Craig. And It's um, a dynamic duo. Oh, yeah, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I have people even just walk in because they drive by and see my sign. That's another way that I get business. So they walk in. Actually, I've had a, several walk-ins this week. And they see the sign. They say, I need to just get my hearing tested. So I welcome the walk-ins. Come on in. Get your hearing tested. It doesn't cost anything, and it does not hurt. (laughs) (laughs) And you'll be doing something good for yourself. Yeah. Um, And and your phone number, if they... My phone number is 978-774-6363. Easy. <laughs> Six, and, and, and an email? My email is a little bit more difficult. It is A-M-C-G-R-O-R-Y, which is my last name, at B-E-L-T-O-N-E 
B-E-L-T-O-N-E.com. That stands for Beltonewengland.com. Do the phone number one more time. It's a little easier, I think, especially yes. at the end of the phone 978 978- 774-6363. I must uh, throw in another war story before we go any further, <laughs> and that is I was there one day for an appointment, and a man came in uh, waiting for an appointment, and he talked so loud. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I thought, well, that's a that's a sign of being deaf. You talk loud because you think and, uh, in any event. But he was really louder than I thought was normal, even for someone that was hard of hearing. And so when I exit the, uh, the the business, his son, as it turns out, was waiting for me. He was the one that drove him to the appointment. And we chatted a little bit, and, and I found a little bit about him. And it turned out he'd grown up in a neighborhood from a, an area in Boston that, that a friend of mine lived in. His father, it turned out, was about the same age. And, um, and so when I was talking to my friend a short time after that, I mentioned the man, and I couldn't remember his name. And as soon as I mentioned the volume of his, his talk, he knew who he was. He said he he talked that loud when he was 25 years old. He did. His wife says that to me all the time. He's talked like the, he, he's been talking like this since she knew him. I'm like, wow, yeah, you can hear him out on Route 1. Yeah. <laughs> but that is one of the symptoms, though. You're right. That is yeah. one of the symptoms yeah. of a hearing loss. Yeah. People talk loudly. The firefighter that was in my office today, yeah. his wife was like, as soon as I put the hearing aids on him, his voice went down like 10, easily 10 or 15 really? decibels yeah. and she was like did you see that did you hear that his voice is because it drives her crazy how loud he talks yeah. and um she's like wow that was amazing because <laughs> as soon as the hearing aids were in his ears he could hear his own voice and it's like you modulate your voice well uh, that must still be my problem because i had lunch today with my son one of my sons and um when we were talking about some local things and some business things and whatever uh every once in a while he was telling me to Blow on my voice. And I didn't think I was talking that loud. Did you have your hearing aids in? I did. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, maybe we yeah. need to. Maybe I didn't think I was talking that loud. <laughs> but anyway, um, but so the uh, the hearing pr- problem at, in, in crowds is probably the biggest issue. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is one of the biggest issues people have. You know, I can't, I can't hear in weddings. I can't hear in restaurants. When the family's all together, I can't hear the conversations going on. That's probably the biggest complaint. Second biggest complaint, I can't understand the TV or I can't hear the TV. Third complaint, I can't hear in church. Big one. Yeah. Church is tough because it's so vast and everything is hard and you're at a distance. So that's a really challenge to hear in. But um, the, the noise is probably number one. Yeah. And TV's tough. I mean, the nice thing about our hearing aids, they stream directly from the television. You can purchase a TV box. I think I may have talked to you about this. It connects to the back of your television. And the sound from the television will stream directly into your hearing aids so you have the the tv right in your hearing aids so you can actually get up from the television walk in the kitchen and you can still hear the show right in your ears well because what i <laughs> what i tend to do with the tv is put the uh, streamers on where it has the the, the written words as a yeah uh, cla- captioning mm-hmm. but that doesn't always work because they run the words off quick yeah and, and it ends up the conversations if it's, it's an active kind of a right t- you inter- miss half of it you do you, you know i know yeah yeah because yeah. i've i've had to watch captioning myself even though i don't have a hearing impairment because especially if they have accents so i'll turn the captioning on but yeah keeping up with it then you're missing what's on the tv yeah so the tv link it's called is a great tool for people that struggle with television because you know even with hearing aids some people still struggle hearing and following the drama or the conversation in the drama yeah do you find that um even though the people go through that whole process uh and you mentioned a little bit earlier um of getting tested doing all the other requirements and the expense Mm -hmm. most most often not covered by insurance and then they don't use them often enough. They yes. tend to forget to put them in. Yes, they forget. And it's interesting that you say that because one of my patients said to me today, can you call me every day and remind me to put my hearing aids in? And I said, I wish I could do that. Yeah. Um, but yes. Trade the dog. It's ju- yeah, exactly. So you know what it is? It's just creating that good habit. So I always tell my patients, put them somewhere that you're going to see them every single day. And you're going to wake up and you see those and you're going to say, okay, Anita told me to put these in. And then if you do that for three straight weeks, you put them, the first thing you do when you're getting ready for your day, you put them in your ears. Three straight weeks, you'll create a good habit. 
Yeah. But, but by the way, um, as a uh, just as a follow-up to an earlier comment about the, the ones that you see in the newspaper or on commercial uh, commercial on television, um, y- there is a uh, included in, in let's say if they go to a bell tone or a comparable kind of a professional setting like that, that should they have a problem with the uh, uh, either a lost hearing during at least an initial period of time, there's some kind of protection and coverage for replacement. Yes, absolutely. So um, with our our hearing aids, we have a lost, stolen, or damaged clause. So depending on your warranty period, what have you, you are allowed a lost hearing aid um, per ear. And then Belton will pick up some of the cost, and you pay a fraction of the cost, yeah. and you'll get a new hearing aid. Yeah. yeah, that is that is part of, like, your warranty. Yeah. Um, because it is common for people to lose hearing aids. The nice thing about the app that we have, if you lose a hearing aid, you can find it with the app. I just had a guy last week. He lost his hearing aid. He actually used the app to find his hearing aid. He found it in a parking lot underneath a pickup, pickup truck's tire. How did that happen, that he was able to locate it with the app? Because so the app shows him a map as to where the hearing aid was. He came out of the gym, put it in his pocket, pulled his keys out, must have come out of his pocket at that point. He went to a couple stores, picked up somebody, and then he went home. So the map showed him where it was located, GPS coordinates. Then when he got to that parking lot, he used, there's a close by um finder so then he was able to locate it in the parking lot and he found it right it was underneath the pickup truck's tire so and it was still working so he was lucky so the app is a great tool to to help you find a lost hearing aid yeah i had someone i know who's who um has hearing aids and he found his in the um he lost one of them and uh, he figured it out with maybe now that i think about it that's how he was it was in. Um, he had cut his grass, uh, and he, fortunately, he lived on um, a corner where the pickup for the for the rubbish and and the and the uh, the grass clippings was uh, two separate days because there was really two streets. He was on a corner, yeah, yeah. and um, it ended up he found it in 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 the bag. Or he had to take out of the grass. He had to take oh, out those my. bags that you use it to uh, have the city pick up. And he, but he had. Had to go through it by yeah. hand. Oh, and, and, I've had people go into dumpsters because yeah. <laughs> they wow. lost it in a Chinese restaurant. Oh, okay. oh yeah. She went to the dumpster and found it. <laughs> yeah. So really? I, oh, yeah. So I've had. Did she I, find any food that wasn't taken to? <laughs> I think she left it all yeah. behind. Now, but yeah, so, it, you know, it, that could happen. <laughs> how about if you swim with them or take showers? Yeah, well, I've got a lot of people. My mother calls me weekly. Uh oh, I walked in the shower with my hearing aids again. I'm like, just let it dry out. She has the ones with the batteries. I said, just open the battery door, let it dry out. They're water resistant now. So they're coated in our hearing aids are coated inside and out with this nano coating, it's called. This is what Nike uses for their wicking material. And it helps protect the hearing aid because about eight years ago, we didn't have this. And the humidity, we had such a humid summer. And the humidity wreaks havoc on hearing aids. So I was sending hearing aids back to the manufacturer all that summer because of the moisture. So now today they finally got smart and, and coated them inside and out. And it protects the hearing aid from all that moisture. So even if you did shower or swim. Yes, it's okay. I, yeah. I tell people just let it dry out. You'll be okay. You don't we, have to use rice. and. No, the, I mean you could. Some people do that. Yeah. We also have a, a drying system for people yeah. that perspire profusely. Yeah. I have a couple of um, construction workers that on the job he's got to wear his hearing aids and he perspires profusely so he purchased the cleaning system that it sterilizes cleans and dehydrates the hearing aid and that has saved him every day I mean he was in my office probably once a week prior to him buying this because he was needing me to change out his wax guards which is what protects the receiver and it was filling up with with moisture and dirt because of all the debris he's he's exposed to Now, if someone were seriously here impaired, would they still be able to get a driver's license? So, that's a good question. So, I do have people that are in the profound range. That's, you know, we have we do ranges of hearing loss, mild, moderate, severe, and profound. And I have people in the profound range that wear hearing aids. So, if you are, you drive for a um, your job, 
CD, like let's say you have a CDL license, you are required because you have to pass you have to pass the DOT, and part of the DOT is the whisper test. So if you don't pass, you have to get hearing aids, and you have to have those hearing aids in your truck. So if a, a police officer pulls you over and you don't have those hearing aids in your truck, you could get fined. Um, because they're required. So, is that on your license? Yes. Oh, it is. So for somebody else that, you know, is not driving for a living, um, you know, I, I do have a lot of profoundly deaf people that do drive. And, you know, as long as they're wearing their hearing aids, they should be okay. Because I, you know, I tell my patients all the time, listen, it's a safety thing. You know, when you're driving, you need to hear your surroundings. You need to be able to hear that siren coming up from behind you. Because if you don't, that could cause accidents on the road. And it's, it's, a little bit of frightening um you know when you go to get your license renewed they don't test your hearing unfortunately you know and i think sometimes they should be doing that because you have to do the eye exam you know but they don't make you take a hearing test unfortunately even though it would be on your license that you're well that's only if you have a like or, if you, or heavy like duty if you dri- hcl yeah, oh like, i yeah, see CDL oh, okay. or, yeah. you know if you're a truck driver or yeah. you drive for a living yeah but, I, yeah i know a couple of young people are hearing impaired and and um their their cons- their problems, even though they have a license and they do drive once in a while, they don't have a confidence, right? Because of the especially highway driving, right? So the result is that even though they have the license, they really don't take advantage well, of driving. Think very of much. how frightening it is not to being able to hear what's going on around you. Yeah, you know, because when we drive, we're not just looking; we're also listening. You right. know, constantly. Yeah. yeah. Just make sure, you know, do I hear a car coming up on my left? You know, I'm going to get into the left lane. Do I hear somebody coming up on my left? I'm going to use my mirrors, but you also use your auditory system. Yeah. In other parts of the world, is is maybe the environment a m- more of a factor in hear- hearing impairment than the types of things that people have in this country? So I think our country probably, um, I mean, I think our country has the has probably the biggest population of hearing loss. Um, and I think it's probably due to all the the noise that we have. You know, a hundred years ago, we didn't have this kind of noise that we have today. And the exposure, and you didn't live as long. Right? Exactly. <laughs> so the people are living longer. So it's inevitable. These, you know, we're going to be fitting people with hearing aids for forever and ever. You know, yeah. I mean, hearing aids are just going to be part. I have to just make a little note. Um, they are doing a study right now in Boston to try to rejuvenate the hair fibers. So I don't know if I'll see it in my lifetime to be able to implant the high, the nerve fibers back into the cochlea that are that were damaged at one time and now they're, um, they're working um, or functioning. So I don't know if I'll see it in my lifetime, but maybe my kid's lifetime, maybe they'll be doing that kind of surgery. Yeah. Of the three parts of the he- the ear or the hearing process, is that the one that makes the biggest difference in, if there's a problem? The cochlea? Yeah. Absolutely. Because yeah. that's our hearing organ. I see. You know, without it, we can't hear. Yeah. So the, the ear canal and the middle ear is just like a, the, it transmits the sound into the cochlea. And it's the cochlea that sends the nerve impulses up the auditory nerve to our brain. Hmm. So it's an electrical stimulation that happens. Mm. It's amazing. It's all the cochlea is the size of an eraser head, and it has thirty thousand nerve fibers in it. It's incredible that we can hear anything. That it's this small and it's so intricate that we hear we can hear different frequencies. And you know, it's just amazing how the ear works. It mm. really is. I was just it just occurred to me, and I can't recall the name. I, I could throw out a name, and I might be wrong, so I won't do that at the moment. Musicians. Yes. There must be as a group. Beethoven was deaf. Is that what you were thinking? No, I was no, th- uh, no Harry James. I was thinking was oh. a trumpet player. I th- I th- <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> but yeah, so um, <laughs> Beethoven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. deaf. But um, <laughs> but yes, musicians. Musicians are exposed to noise. So Peter Frampton actually wears belltone hearing aids. Oh, he does. He does. Yeah. Yes. Um, so there's you, so use them in a commercial. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there are so many musicians that are hearing impaired because of all the once again the noise exposure yeah yeah i would think so yeah mm-hmm. yeah and, and i yeah. have a lot i have a lot of musicians that are my patients <laughs> and maybe the difference i was thinking that the difference is is that the the, the more um, old type of music would end up as uh They'll be older, but with the heavy metal people, they go on deaf at 30 or 35. <laughs> exactly. Right. Well, 
You know, we did the whole hour. I think we're almost done did with time, we? Wow. and I'm, I'm delighted that you came by. And Thank one you. more time, you're in Saugus. Yes, you're on in the south Saugus, side. on the southbound side. side of Route One, yeah. uh, one seventy one Broadway, yeah. in Saugus. And my phone number once again nine seven eight seven seven four six three six three. Call me for a test. I would appreciate um, meeting anybody. And um, Hey, you're never too young to have your hearing tested. And sometimes it's a good idea just to get forewarned if yes. you've got a pending problem. To, ha- to have a baseline. It doesn't yeah. hurt to get a baseline. Yeah. And yeah. then you have that well. forever. <laughs> thank you very much. For well, thank you back. for having me, yeah, Ed. I, I'm I appreciate delighted it. you were able to be here. You thank you. Very informative, and I'm sure you'll thank get you. some response. Thank you. And, uh, <laughs> appreciate yeah. it. And then uh, you can recommend if you take out things. Exactly. You got the 90-90, you too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Push you along. <laughs>